uh, from NBC and, of course, uh, obviously the longtime NFL coach, uh, Tony Dungy. Tony, welcome. How are you? Hello, Mike. Uh, doing well. Always good to be with you. My pleasure, Coach. Good to talk to you. Um, uh, what grabs you off week number one? Well, I was looking at a couple of things. Number one, I wanted to see how the quarterbacks would do. You had some you know, quarterbacks coming back from injury, Deshaun Watson and uh, Aaron Rodgers, for example. You had quarterbacks who were moving around, Kirk Cousins, Case Keenum. And then you had the new quarterbacks, uh, who was going to play their rookie quarterbacks and who wasn't. Uh, the Jets made a choice to, to play theirs, and it turned out really well. Buffalo uh, made a choice not to play theirs, and I don't think it turned out so well. <laughs> yeah, and Allen's going to start this week, although the yeah. Ravens were very tough. They look like they have some problems. You mentioned guys coming back. Uh, a wild second half for Rodgers on Sunday night after uh, Mack had put on uh, just the display. Tell me, Tony, what you think about uh, a coach going in and disrupting a team and trading away a player of that magnitude. That's got to it's got to send shockwaves through any team to have a guy that good get traded. Well, I, I believe it did, and, and it certainly would with anybody, but even more so there uh, from everything that I've heard and talking to all the Oakland people I know, Khalil Mack was one of the most popular players on the team. Uh, one of the guys that just worked hard, that, that everybody liked. So not only do you have a great player, but you have one of the locker room leaders. And when you trade him and say, well, we just can't afford him, that that sends a tough message to the rest of the team. And I, I think it's going to take a while for this Raider team to recover from that. All the new coaches lost, too, either the first-year coaches or the guys in new places. Every one of them lost in the opening week. They did, and that can be tough. I remember my first year in Tampa in 1996. You come in, uh, you're preaching, hey, we've got a new culture, you, everything's changed, you're fired up for that first game. We played Green Bay, we lost 35-3. to And the players come in the locker room and say, hey, I thought this was supposed to work. And many times that can be your biggest moment, that, that first game if things don't go right. You've got to really do a sales job. You've got to be the same. But you've got to let guys know, hey, we're going to be okay. And sometimes that's not easy to do. Is it hard not to overreact to week one as a coach? I I don't think coaches do necessarily because you look at the tape and you see what went wrong and you see uh, what went right. Many times you kind of know, you have that sense, hey, if this happens or they take advantage of these matchups, we could be in trouble. But you know where you need to work. Uh, what happens is you've got to keep the players from overreacting to all the noise they get from the outside. Hey, you're, you're terrible. This, this isn't uh, going to work. Or the other side of the coin. You know, I'm down here in Tampa, and, of course, now uh, the Bucks are going to the Super Bowl. They, they've got the greatest team on the face of the planet. So you've got to keep the, the players from listening to that as well. You know, I, I look at the psychology of results when we're talking with Tony Dungy, and I saw two teams that were young teams that played well and lost uh, in, in tough spots. One was Chicago, and they gave away a big lead, but to an all-time great player. And the other was the Niners, who went in with the Magic Man, who had never lost in Garoppolo, and they played really well in a very tough spot in Minnesota. Uh, do you think both those teams gain from the experience or do you think the big lead makes that just a very bad experience for the bears no i think the bears come out of this really fired up um i was at the hall of fame game the first game of the year 
where the Bears played, and I talked to Mitch Trubisky, Terry Cohen, a bunch of their players. They were so excited. They said, hey, we've got some new offensive weaponry. We've got new players. We've got a new system. We've got a coach that believes in us. We're doing stuff that we're not going to show in the preseason. Uh, we're going to be a much better offense than we were last year. And they went out and showed that. Uh, I think they showed what they can do. Khalil Mack showed that uh, this defense is going to give people problems. So, yeah, they lost the game. They lost the big lead. But you know what I would be thinking on that plane going back? Hey, we, before Aaron Rodgers got hurt, we were dominating this game. If Fuller catches that interception that comes right to him at the end, yep, yep. they would have withstood the whole salvo. They would have said, you know what, we beat the Green Bay Packers in Green Bay. We took Aaron Rodgers' best shot. They should have won the game. So that's what I would think if I were them, and I would be excited. Um, I, I definitely would think positively. San Francisco – same way. Yeah, they, they played well know, there. They really did. They they played a tough team in a tough spot and played a good game against them. They did. And Jimmy G made some things happen. He made some mistakes, which are going to show up. And and they've got to understand that this is still basically his first year of, of playing from start to finish. So um, he's going to have some of those days. But he did enough good things against a really, really good uh, Minnesota defense that I think they should be encouraged. Tough loss for the Colts, your old buddies, because uh, I tell you, uh, you know, listen, it happens, but Luck had them in a position after having the big lead, had them in position to still win the game after the tight end gets the first down, then fumbles the ball, because, boy, that would have been a nice finish for them if he had held on to the ball, and then, you know, it looked like he was going to drive him in the end zone. Yeah, I think he would have gotten them in, but I, I think the lesson that the Colts had to learn there is, Andrew's got to play well. They've got to put points on the board. Their defense is not going to be, right now, good enough to, to hold those leads many times. So they've got to continue to play aggressive, score as much as they can, and then yeah. they're going to have to outscore people this year. You know, they were up 23-10, then they tried to run the ball a little bit. They couldn't run it. No, and they've got to keep the ball in Andrew's hands. And I know he threw 50 passes, but they've got to stay aggressive, and, and they can't think, hey, we're going to ride this out, run the ball, slow the clock down, and, and you know win these games like that. He's, got, he's going to have to win games for them. And he looked pretty good, you know, considering he's been out so long. He looked good. Well, that is the encouraging thing. He looked healthy. He looked good. And I was just his body language after the game. We had uh, his post-game sound on. And he was saying, hey, I was excited to be out there. You kind of heard that silliness in his voice and that, you know, I'm having fun again. And I never heard that the last two years. So I think he got bumped around a little bit. He came through it. He played a whole game. He realizes that he can make it through an NFL game now. And I think he's encouraged. We're talking with Tony Dungy, NBC, of course, uh, the uh, longtime NFL coach, one of the reigning, really one of the uh, elder statesmen of the NFL and one of the most popular figures in the NFL, has been for a generation. Um, what would you do with Bell in Pittsburgh? Uh, the, the backup goes in, the kid they love who overcame cancer, got 135 yards rushing, which has got to send Bell a message. Do you stop fooling around with Bell and maybe start taking offers? What do you do with Bell? I think you probably do. You probably um, say just like the Raiders did with Khalil Mack. Okay, we're going to see who wants him. We'll see what the the price is. If the price gets good enough, we'll trade him. If the price isn't good enough, he'll sit there and we'll we'll play James Conner. But you got to send a message to um, your players that when you get in this situation, you can't hold us hostage. And, And I think that's what the Steelers are going to do. 
Yeah, and you, 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 for the first time, you saw the other players weren't happy. They were upset about it. The linemen were saying things. I mean, guys were not happy with what he did here. See, that, that's the disappointing thing. If you're Mike Tomlin, you've got to keep that under control. You can't let this get to a place where it divides the room and you've got some guys taking his side and some guys not. And uh, it, It's just you can't let him hold you hostage, and, and so they've got to take control of the situation. I would probably come out with a statement and say, you know what? We'll shop Le'Veon around. If we get what we want, we'll take it, and we'll do what's best for our team. If we don't, uh, we've made our offer, and we'll just let him sit, and I don't want to hear his name mentioned again. Uh, That's what Bill Belichick would do, and uh, I think that's probably what what the Steelers have to do at this point. Talking with Tony Dungy. Tony, what would you do in New Orleans? Uh, Everyone thought the Saints were clearly a Super Bowl contender. We know the offense is there. And then they go out and play a game that was almost mind-boggling. I mean, against – and listen, I'm not taking anything from Fitz. He's a great guy. Know him well. But you got him. Uh, that Tampa team had a beat-up offensive line, no secondary. They had the journeyman in a quarterback. Yeah, they have good wide receivers. Uh, but that team shut Evans down last year to the point where Evans threw his helmet at the defensive back last year because he was getting shut down by New Orleans. New Orleans figures they're going to roll in that game. They score 40 points. They give up 48 points. Your old team put up the best offensive display of its life. <laughs> well, that's got to be disturbing to New Orleans. Now, they'll look at the positives. They always get off the slow starts. Uh, Drew Brees did put up 40 points, so there's nothing wrong with the offense. But you can't have a defense that just gives up big play after big play and deep pass after deep pass. Um, that uh, Sean Payton's got to be scratching his head and say, we've got to do something here. If we can play just any semblance of defense, uh, our offense is going to be explosive. Now tell me this. Uh, the word in Detroit is Patricia has been tried to be really tough with the veterans, that there's been some unhappiness there. It sure looked it on Monday night. I don't know if all those stories are true or not, but how about a new coach going in? He comes from the Pats. You know, can he can he lose those guys that fast by just being too demanding or being too tough on these veteran players? I, I don't think so. Players are used to demanding. Uh, I was shocked by how poorly they played and, and how poorly they looked. Matthew Stafford looked like a rookie quarterback, uh, and that's surprising. They kept the offensive coordinator, basically kept the same offensive system, and he looked like day one. And then defensively, uh, there just didn't seem to be any improvement. So I'm not sure. I, I'm not going to blame it on attitude or the guys didn't play hard. Um, I, I just don't know that they just didn't look prepared for, for whatever reason. And uh, I was a little upset at the announcers as they uh, kept going throughout the game. Well, this is a big rebuilding job. No, it's not a big rebuilding job. No, it wasn't. That was a good team. No, they were that a good, a good team. team. They missed the playoffs by one game. No, they were uh, a good team with a veteran quarterback. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure what it is, but maybe it's getting this system in place. Maybe the players don't understand what, what they're trying to get done. But, no, that did not look very promising. No, it it absolutely did not. You know what's interesting now is it's become such an offensive league, but you have some teams right now playing really good defense. The Vikings play really good defense. The Ravens play really good defense. Jacksonville plays really good defense. The Rams. you got some really teams that have gone out and in this world now where it usually has become about the offense and the rules and everything, these guys are building defenses, and a couple of them are giving it to their big backs, and they're playing old-time football. 
And that's who you, you've got to look out for. That's who's going to be there at the end. New England, they always start slow on defense. They get better, and they're playing good defense by the end of the year with Belichick. They, they're going to be there. Philadelphia, you know, their quarterback struggled. He didn't play well. They kept Atlanta out of the end zone, and they won the game on defense. And you're going to have to do that. Those, those playoff teams at the end of the, the year, that's who it's going to be, those teams that you mentioned. And you're seeing teams featuring the backs again. You know, Jacksonville with Fournette, Gurley. These guys are getting the ball a lot now. Yeah, there are some outstanding running backs. It's so easy to throw in, in this day and age now. And everybody, all owners want to sell tickets and they want to get people in. The offense is going to be exciting. And, yeah, we're throwing the ball well. But um, And you've got to be able to throw it. You've you got to be able to throw it to win championships. But you can still utilize the running game. And if you can defend, and you can hold people down, and if you can rush the passer and protect leads, that's how you're going to win in this league. Um, you got some teams in the AFC that you, you wonder about. Steelers, we know they have all those weapons. Kansas City's got all those weapons, and that kid's got the arm, and he's got Hill, and he's got Kelsey, and he's got you know receivers and tight ends and running backs. Is there a team in the AFC that you think has everything that can challenge New England? Uh, you know, it, definitely Jacksonville, Kansas City. I'm concerned with their defense still. Uh, Mahomes is going to be great. He gives them a ton of big plays, more big play potential. But now when you get into air in December and it gets cold and maybe you're not going to be able to throw it around and get those big plays as much, uh, can you play defense well enough to win a ground-out game in, in Kansas City? Uh, I think Denver is going to be better. I think Keenan's going to give them an offensive lift. And with Chubb and Von Miller, they're going to be able to, if they get leads and they score points, they're going to be able to put pressure on people like like they did the other day to Seattle. So um, I I would keep a a little small eye on Denver and definitely on Kansas City. Um, NFC, uh, you know, Atlanta, puzzling. What go- I almost believe that they just don't believe in this play caller, and it has really kind of seeped into that team's mentality because how many times are you going to lose a game inside the 10-yard line? I mean, it just gets <laughs> – I mean, you know, I saw a thing that said in the last year, inside the 10-yard line on, on first and goal or second and goal plays, he is one for 20 targeting Julio Jones. That's almost hard to believe. It is very hard to believe. And the other thing that's hard to believe, they scored so many points with Kyle Shanahan, and you, basically you've got the same weaponry. But how you can have Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu and this kid from Alabama and the two running backs, and you've got some capable tight ends, and you've got a Pro Bowl quarterback, how can you have trouble scoring in the red zone? You've got so many weapons, and you've got runners that can run it in. Um, I, I can't figure it out myself. It really, I, I think why. they're the most talented team. I really do. And they just they seem to just always find a way to this. It's the same game every time they lose. They lose in the last <laughs> seconds, and they can't get the ball in the end zone. I mean, it's unbelievable. It's, it's almost like they're cursed since the second half of the yeah. Super Bowl. And then there's yeah. Minnesota, which I think this is now and never for them. I think they're about as complete as they can be. Can they win this year? They can, and I, I wanted to see how Kirk Cousins fit in because uh, those players really love Case Keenum. They enjoy playing with him. Case had a, a good feel for things, had that chemistry going. And Kirk Cousins is a very good player, but sometimes just swapping out parts, you know, hey, we got a better part. It doesn't necessarily make it a better 
car. You know, it's got to fit in. But Kirk looks good. He looked comfortable. They've got weaponry. Uh, they've got a tremendous defense. And I, I think they're they're going to be tough to beat. I didn't pick them early on in, in the NFC because there are so many good teams. But uh, the, the, the negative for them is the division. Uh, I don't know that they'll win enough games like New England goes five months knowing their division. They want to get home and, and they're playing at home in the playoffs. You know, Minnesota's got to play Green Bay twice. Chicago looks improved. Uh, maybe Detroit's not going to be as good as, as we thought they would be. But um, Minnesota's going to be tough. I just don't know if they'll win enough games to get that home field. You've got the Rams in Philadelphia that they're going to have to contend with. But they'll be right there. I'm talking with Tony Dungy. All right, I got to ask you about the for the folks that are listening, the Jets and the Giants. Give me your thoughts on both of them. Let's start with the Giants. Uh, the offensive line looked very shaky in the first game, a game that was winnable against Jacksonville, uh, but they had a lot of trouble with the line. What do you think of the Giants this year? I, I think it all really depends on Saquon Barkley. That offensive line is not going to hold up if they get in situations where they just have to drop back and throw. But if Barkley gives them what um, – Ezekiel Elliott gave Dallas for the last couple of years that threat where the offensive line gets help because the defensive lineman can't tee off. You're in a lot of uh, second and fives and, and third and twos, and now you can throw when you want to. Then I think they're going to be good enough. They've got receivers. Eli's still going to throw well. Barkley's got to take the pressure off the offensive line. If that happens, they can win some games. The Jets, I was very I don't want to say surprised, but I was surprised. I thought they looked confident. Uh, Darnold came back off that early bad throw. He looked confident. He sure did. Uh, they played hard on defense. Now, we'll see next week. Detroit didn't give them much of a test. They did. They liked... played lousy. They did, they did play really bad. But I tell you, that looked more like the, the defense that he had in Arizona, and it looked more like he was more confident in being aggressive with the defense yeah. this year than he had been since he's been here. Yes, no, no question. No and, question. And and he's a good defensive coach. So if he has some people that they, maybe they'll be maybe they'll be an improved team. Who knows? Maybe they'll be a little better. I don't think they have personnel yet to go to the playoffs. But you know, and your rookie quarterback's going to have his ups and downs, as we yep. know. But uh, they look like they're heading in the right direction anyway. They certainly look like they could be an eight and eight, nine and seven team uh, without without question. All right. Well, listen. Good to talk to you as always, Tony. Thanks for stopping by. Uh, good luck this season. Have a good year, and we'll talk along the way. All right. Thank you, Mike. Always good to be Take with you. Take care, Coach. Thank you very much. Tony Dungy, one of the real gentlemen in the NFL, back after this.